This morning is what we call Vision Sunday, and it's the uh, week where we just look at where we're going as a church and where God's taking us and what are the key things for us together as a family to walk in. And this morning's um, Vision Sunday really comes from a prophetic word that someone gave me after worship around, I think, around two months ago. So I wanted to unpack that prophetic word because I think it holds some really big keys around our development and our growth as a family. And the prophetic word was rooted in Mark chapter 4, verse 1, and the parable of the sower, where Jesus talks about different types of soil. And he talks about the seed being the word of God and that God is speaking. And then the seed falls on different types of soil. And Jesus talks about some of the seeds of God's word. It lands on the path, on the hard ground, and the birds of the air grab it, snatch it away. And the seed never gets a chance to put its roots in the soil and grow up. And then Jesus also mentions that there's other seeds that fall on shallow soil. It's like the word is received with joy and excitement and it puts its roots down. But then because the soil is shallow, that seed doesn't really get to grow and put its roots down deeply. And then Jesus mentions another type of soil that is just crowded. It's crowded with thorns and thistles and other things and the the seed kind of gets choked out. And in the explanation about that particular soil, Jesus said that sometimes the cares of the world and the worries of life and the desire for other things, and I could even say other things that are good things, can crowd out the soil. And then Jesus says there's another type of soil that is really rich and good soil. It's got no rocks and it's deep and it's cleared and the seeds can land on that soil And that one seed can multiply 30-fold or 60-fold or 100-fold because it's got good soil. And we've been talking about good soil for ages here. I think we would say it's one of the chief responsibilities of leadership is to look after the soil so good things can grow. So cultivating, looking after the soil making sure the soil is not hard or making sure the soil is not kind of shallow or making sure there's not weeds and forms that choke out the the seed, that's really important. And Jesus says that a culture, a culture is the way we do things, it's our priorities, it's what we feel is really important, or our environment is really important, or the soil is really important in terms of bearing fruit 30, 60, 100 times. And Jesus says that good soil can be defined as it hears God's word, it's really receptive to God's word, it's really responsive to God's word, it listens, it adjusts, puts it into action and implement God's word. That's kind of what good soil is like. I think repentance or changing our mind is not something we just do when we're becoming a Christian, whether it was when we read the Bible or we went to a conference. Repentance is an ongoing practice of responding to God and changing our mind in response to him. And so it's really important as a culture, as an environment, that we're always kind of looking at the health of the soil. Is the soil that we're building as a family 
Is it receptive to God? Is it open to God? Is it listening to God? Is it adjusting to God? Is it putting into action what God says? And so we're always looking and thinking we don't want the soil to become hard. So it becomes like a path where things land on it and get snatched away. We don't want shallow soil where seeds land, but they can't really put their roots down. And we don't want crowded soil that stops things growing. And so part of leadership is like a gardener, weeding the soil, looking after the soil, removing things from the soil. So often we talk about believing truth above believing lies. If truth brings freedom, lies make us captive. And so all the time we're looking at the soil and we can look at that as a body, as a family, and we can look at the soil of our own hearts too and say, actually, am I Holy Spirit? Am I believing lies? So we would think, we would say, actually, making sure that we remove disappointment from our hearts. It's really important because disappointment can choke out seeds. Making sure we remove discouragement from the soil of our heart or from the culture of a family. Making sure that we're not having apathy towards a seed or that we're passive when we hear God's word and we hear what he wants to say. And so this prophetic word that I received was, was starts with really a great sense of well done family, well done church. There's good soil here. It starts off with that sense of actually we've worked hard as a family together to look after the state and the quality of the soil. We've done a lot of work. We, we hear and we're receptive. We could just hear how we listen to the declaration. There's a receptivity amongst us. There's an openness amongst us. We're believing God for the miraculous. We've not closed our hearts off because of disappointment or discouragement. And so there was a sense of, yeah, there's this soil that we're in, this culture, and you can see the way we worship and the way we delight in God. The way people give, the, the servanthood, there's all signs of good soil. And we've emphasised in this soil, every individual believer's call of God to be dreaming. To be dreaming about what God has for you. To be dreaming about your call. To be dreaming about the lane that you run in and the race that you're called to run. That's all good stuff in the soil. You've heard multiple times we're saying we want leadership that's empowering Leadership that's not hierarchical, leadership that's not overlording over you, but leadership that comes up under to push you up to fulfill your calling. And so because the soil is good and because we talk a lot about dreaming and empowerment, one of the great things is that through the soil, there's lots of seeds that are pressing through and germinating or becoming shoots so that's a really good thing good soil healthy soil increasingly empowering leadership model and structure seeds pressing through they're all good things but then this prophetic word gave what can be some wisdom 
some instruction, some guidance and some warnings too. That it's possible to have so many good things going on that if all those good things that are sprouting and germinating and growing are not handled with wisdom and discernment and a godly wisdom on timing that you can have so many good things going on that those can become a distraction from the priority of God for a particular moment in his strategy. So it's possible to almost see the possibility of good soil becoming like spinning lots of plates. Have you ever seen that act in a circus? The person puts the first rod down, they put a plate on it and they spin it. And then for dramatic effect, they put one over here and they spin it. And then that one begins to wobble and the audience is saying, "Woo! look, look, look. And then that person runs over and goes, just in time, didn't drop. And then they put two more rods and they spin them. And then they've got six or seven rods and the, 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 the act is... <laughs> The person darting around the stage, making sure the plates don't drop. Good soil can produce an environment that's like a lot of plates being spun and people rushing and making sure the plate doesn't drop and rushing over here. It's interesting, C.S. Lewis says, the great writer, says this. The enemy likes to bring, bring distraction in pairs, twos, of extreme. So one extreme could be empowering good soil, Lots of things germinating and popping out of the ground and people running around spinning plates. That can be one extreme. The other extreme can be soil where the leadership hold everything really tightly and control the whole thing and only allow one or two shoots to germinate, which tends to be the one or two shoots that the leader is passionate about. And C.S. Lewis says the enemy doesn't really mind which extreme you go to, whether you go to crazy spinning plates that's so empowering, you've got so much going on, or the other extreme, which is controlling, dominating, hierarchical leadership that limits what goes on and keeps it all tight. I think the prophetic word and Jesus' parable tells us there's another way of doing it that's not the extreme of lots of plates and not the extreme of limitation through hierarchical leadership but there's a way through the middle that the prophetic word points to and shows us a way where shoots become mature strong 
fruit-bearing plants that produce 30, 60, 100-fold. I would say the extreme here called plate spinning does not produce mature plants. It produces distraction and lots of busyness. This extreme doesn't produce what's biblically reflected in terms of the body of Christ and the togetherness and the one anothering of the body working together in harmony. So I'm going to turn to a verse that sounds quite tough as part of the wisdom and strategy of how we move forward. Exodus 18 and verse 17. How many like just God to, and I think he always is actually, I don't think we, you know like sometimes we say, I think God is saying. I I don't honestly think God is saying anything. God is saying something. And I think sometimes we don't like what we're saying, we don't understand what he's saying. Or I think God is trying. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he, he might be sometimes obscure, and he might try to entice us on a journey of discovery, but I don't think he's ever trying and he's struggling. And like, I don't know how to put words to this. He knows us. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I think, I think sometimes our issue is our antennae needs to be directed. So you've got a situation. Israel have come out of Egypt and Moses has led them out. And Moses himself is settling every issue and every dispute. And he's hearing the people's issues and problems and questions from the morning to the night. So in Exodus chapter, chapter 18, it says, Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me. And I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Then Moses' father-in-law replied. Interestingly, the wisdom of God here is coming through a Midian priest who's not a, he's not a believer. So the Bible sometimes gives you feedback from a donkey, feedback from a non-believer... And sometimes we just have to be open. Actually, God's feedback can come in lots of different forms. We just have to be... And then, so Moses is wearing himself out. He's on this extreme in one sense. He's spinning lots of plates. Actually, in one sense, Moses is on both extremes. He's spinning all the plates on his own, and he's leading over everything. And Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. We can, that's really clear. Moses, the way you're doing this is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. So that's in the Old Testament, a feedback from God 
what you're doing is not good. In Acts 6, in Acts 6 verse 1, we find the early church. So it says in Acts 6 verse 1, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, so you've got a lot of a lot of plates, a lot of people, a lot of things. Good stuff is happening. There's good soil in the church. It's springing up. It's shooting. It's germinating. There's lots of people with needs. There's lots of people coming to Jesus. The Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews. Hellenistic Jews are the ones who have the Greek and then you've got the Hebrew. And they're complaining because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So you've got, you got fruitfulness, you've got breakthrough, you've got things breaking through the soil and germinating and sprouting. You've got lots of plates being spun. There's lots of momentum. And the twelve gathered the disciples together and said, again, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. So you've got these two pieces of wisdom. Jephro saying to Moses, what you are doing is not good. Doesn't mean that there's not good things happening. God's just brought you out of Egypt. There's been supernatural breakthrough. Early church, people are being added. Widows are coming to Christ. The church is growing. And then they say, it is not good. And so when we're having a kind of looking at verses like this, it's never condemnation and it's never a critique of everything we're doing is wrong. Rather, there's a call to look at the way we tend delicate, fragile shoots that are germinating and coming out of the soil so that those shoots might become mature oaks of righteousness, so that in turn, those shoots, those plants, those new little saplings that are growing might produce a crop of 30, 60, 100 times more than what they're bearing at the moment. In other words, just spinning lots of plates does not produce mature plants that produce a great harvest. So part of this prophetic word, and I think part of understanding the New Testament was written to whole communities of people. Paul talks in Corinthians about the body of Christ. He talks about one anothering. I think part of the, the, the wisdom for going forward to and seeing saplings germinate and become mature is something the prophetic word mentions is farming as a community. I think that's the way the New Testament did it. It's the way that, if you read later on, it's the way that Jephro gives wisdom to Moses, he says, look for people, look for men, look for people who can oversee thousands, can oversee hundreds, can oversee tens, and give away and give away and give away.
So I think we we live in a. You guys are from all over over the nations, but one of the things of like Western Europe, and the way we read the Bible, is everything is about the individual. We we read it through a lens of what are the scriptures saying to me, personally. We as a, our bent our culture isn't really a culture of us and how does it affect our community, our family, or maybe you might do it in, a, in your nuclear family or in your slightly extended family. But our bent, our tendency is to view how does the word of God come to me personally? So even when we're looking at the, the three types of soil, the four types of soil, we often think, it's just about the soil of my heart. And am I receptive? Not about our soil and our vineyard. And so when we have a culture which we still fully believe in, that God gives dreams to people and callings to people and a race and a lane to run in for people, our tendency can be, well, that's just about my dream and my calling and my anointing and so when it's individualistic what you can find is individuals farming in isolation all on their own they're becoming good soil they're believing God they're hearing the prophetic something sprouting out in an individual heart and then people in isolation are thinking I'm going to look after I'm going to tend to that individual shoot on my own I think this prophetic word about farming in community brings home the reality that shoots can only become mature seed-bearing plants when community gathers around the priority of God in a particular moment. Otherwise, what you can find is lots of individuals running after plates and little seeds don't become mature. They just become little tiny little plants that aren't mature and bearing lots of fruit. When we go to Rochelle's mum and dad's, one of the fun things to do in the summer is they live by the sea and I still enjoy this, is lifting up the rocks and looking at the creatures who live under the rocks. It's still fun to, you know, a crab comes out and you try and grab it without being pinched or the, the different squiggly things that live under rocks. It's really good fun. It's... One of the great ways that we mature both as individuals and as a family, is that we're willing sometimes to lift up the rocks and look at the squiggly things that live under the rocks without becoming hopeless and despondent and condemned by what we see. In the book Good for Great, which is about how good companies became great companies, one of the traits of companies that become great is the willingness to face the brutal facts. Like in, I think it's 
1 Kings 7 when the lepers say, if we stay here and do nothing, we're going to die. That's a lift up the rock. There's a famine. Look at the squiggly things. You're going to need to do something different. I think Abraham, when he looked at his own body and said, you know what? It's as good as dead. And then he looked at Sarah and said, and she's barren. Lifting up the rock, facing the brutal facts. And then it says, in hope, against all hope, Abraham believed that God is able to do amazing things and make something out of nothing. But it starts with, got to face the brutal facts. That Nehemiah arrives in, the, in Jerusalem, it's in ruins. And he gets on his donkey and it says he goes around the walls and there were some places where it was so broken down he couldn't even get his donkey around Jerusalem. And then he tells the people, this is what God has put on my heart to do for Jerusalem. Who's with me? But it starts off with, we're going to lift up the rock, look at the squiggly things, face the brutal facts, and recognize, actually, this is a lot worse than I thought. I'm not saying about us. <laughs> I'm just saying it is clear for Jerusalem. It was in tatters and ruins. And so it's possible to face brutal facts without becoming hopeless and discouraged. So I want to I face, I want to lift up, I want to lift up one rock and say, one of the little shoots that's pressed through and it's germinating is believing God for the miraculous and for the supernatural, and for signs and wonders, and for healing, and for healing that goes into the community, and for healing that we would become an oasis for healing, that people in our community would know that when they're sick, yes, go to the doctor, but there's also a place where the miraculous happens and where God brings breakthrough. So when I lift up the the, the rock, and I look at it, I see a little shoot, I think, oh God, that little shoot needs to become, it needs to grow, it needs to be tended, it needs to be looked after. That little shoot called signs, wonders, miracles, the provision of heaven, it, it's popping through the soil, and we've got a story of significant breakthroughs on healing, but oh God, it's, it's like so little still, but your heart is for this little shoot to be 30, 60, 100 times more effective than it is. Now, I know, God, that that partly can be just the timing of God, the wisdom of God, and it takes time. Because one of the parables that Jesus said was, the kingdom of heaven is like mustard in leaven, tiny little seed, and, or, or, must, or no, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that grows and becomes a huge tree that houses the birds of the air. Or that the kingdom of heaven is like yeast in leaven that works its way through the dough. I understand that things take time and they grow slower than we think they should. But it also seems that in the parable of the sower, it's possible for seeds to get choked out because they're not being cultivated and cared for. 
So part of this vision thing is, wow, we need to look after signs, wonders and miracles. We need to look after that little seed, look after it. How do we look after it? We look after it by looking after the testimony. We look after it by making sure that we hear good news. We look after it by each one of us being really diligent to write down the testimony of the breakthrough, of the visa, of the provision, of the housing, of the job, of the healing. We, we look after this little tender, fragile shoot by as a community farming and saying, this thing is so precious, it needs to be looked after. We need to steward the testimony. We need to look after the testimony. We need to gather around this whole area of the miraculous and farm in community. I would say another thing would be is life groups. So we, we launched life groups about a year ago and, it, and, it, and it, it took root really quickly and we've got some fantastic people leading some great life groups. We just need to be aware that life groups is like a tender little shoot that, that needs looking after and cultivating and protecting and nurturing. So that little shoot called groups that go on in midweek be, can become a mighty tree that bears 30, 60, 100 fold. That's a little, little sapling, a little shoot that God has asked us to look after. Because my feeling is, and this is where I think, look at the squiggly things, what you're doing isn't good. It's me saying to you, actually, I, I, we kicked off life groups and I kind of span a plate and then every now and then come and spin it again. But actually what sometimes people's experience of it then is, it's felt a little isolated leading a group. I've not always known what to do next. My group didn't grow the way I hoped it was going to grow. And every now and then we might come over and spin that and support and say, okay, actually that's not good enough. I'm just holding my hands up. Actually, that's not good enough to see a little shoot come through and then move on to another shoot, spin a plate called Life Groups. I take responsibility for that. Because when you launch a group, you take a risk. And when you launch a group, you take a step of faith. And when you launch a group, you need... You need support of a community that farms around you. Also, where are the next raft of groups going to come from? Where's the next wave of risk and trust and daring going to come from? Actually, we need to look after that little shoot called Community Midweek Life so that it becomes a great tree and that needs community farming. I think linked to that is the whole thing of how people, when they come here, their experience of family and how they experience being knitted in and feeling part of things and feeling heard and feeling that they can, they can find other people. That's another part of this same shoot that needs, needs um, looking after. would say as well that 
one of the little shoots that we've seen, and I think the ladies had a great event and there's some different things going on, called fun. Just being fun. Having fun together. We see it come through. People had a great time just before Christmas. There were different things happening. But we need like almost this whole thing of life groups and knitted in and having fun and being family. We need that. We need that. It mustn't, fun mustn't just be a plate we every now and then spin. It needs to be part of our life together. It's an important shoot. I would say one of the things we're called to is we're called as a, to nurture a shoot called SE18 or, or our region. It's part of our calling to affect this area with the goodness of the kingdom of God. And we're seeing some good things happening. We're, we're going to have a community meal here in July in which a group is putting on a meal for anybody and everybody who lives in the community, up to 120 people. We're looking at things like uh, being a centre where people can come for a cookery class and for five weeks they can be taught how to cook healthily. It's important because people die younger here than they do in other places and part of that is poverty and part of that is diet. We're renting out more and more to the local authority. There's things like love, love plumster. There's this whole things like actually we need alpha and evangelism where do people go when they're interested in jesus what's the next step there isn't anything much available right now for if you're an explorer and want to know more about jesus that we can take people to we need community farming around se18 we need community farming around around evangelism we need community farming around actually you want to know more about jesus there's a place where you can go there's something like alpha that you can go on and you can discover more I think you guys are a beautiful shoot in God and that's really sprung out of the ground through faithfulness and hard work and believing God for the gospel and believing God's heart to see more and more men and women come to Christ and the whole Nepalese community is a beautiful new shoot and there's a real sense of God's placed us in this location to believe amongst other people groups but there's 6,000 people in, in the Nepalese people group Jesus wants a great harvest amongst, amongst 6,000 people and we're believing as well for things into Kathmandu that's a little shoot that, that, that needs, it needs our support and encouragement it's, it's not easy work farming <laughs> You know, farmers go out when it's raining and they go out when it's hot and they go out and harvest in the early morning when it's not... You know, they, they work hard. Farming is hard work. That's why farming has to be a community thing. And there are other areas that would be beautiful to see um, around the kids and youth, to see more people just calming alongside Tim and Katrina and others, just to, 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 to be there, to say, actually, we're going to farm with you. We're going to farm into this work with you the whole thing of the presence of god and being a people of the presence of god is actually a shoot that gets tended for and cared for that the presence of god is obviously clearly he's with us he's with us all the time but there's something about when we decide to give our attention to the reality that is here and build environments that cultivate an awareness of him who's always here things like encounter nights and 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 things like sunday mornings they vital times of uh, encountering God that, that need community farming and are actually are increasingly 
growing in strength. So what am I saying in all of this? I'm saying the soil is, is good. Yeah. Saying well done. Well done for believing. Well done for putting nutrients in the soil. The soil is good. There's some, we're believing at a higher level than we were before. There's more joy and there's more hope. There's so many good things. And because there's so many good things coming through, we need to know how to handle so many good things coming through. What is God saying? Well, actually, it's not good for you to try and do everything all at the same time. He's saying, you know what? It's not good to try and spin lots of plates because you're not going to get maturity that way. You're going to need prophetic wisdom to know that these shoots are really important right now. Does it mean the shoot that you carry, that things that's germinating in your heart, isn't important? Of course it doesn't mean that at all. God's got a race for you to run with. You are his poem. It just means, it just means this kind of application for us as a challenge. It means that maybe for a season, some of us might lay down our personal dream or calling. It might be for a season that we take that little plant where you've been so good with it and you've trusted God and it's germinating. You might take it and say, God, for a season, I'm taking this little plant and I'm placing it in your nursery because I trust you with it and I know it won't die and I know that you've not given it to me in vain and that you're not a cruel joke God who would entice me with a word just for me to be frustrated. But it might be you say to God, for a season, what I want to do is I want to gather around certain key shoots because I want to pour my energy, my passion, my servanthood, my willingness in seeing shoots like signs and wonders grow and become strong. Or areas like actually we want to be a people who are engaged with the presence of God. I want to pour out and and see that become strong. Or it might be you say, you know what, I love this community. I want to get into being amongst a bunch of people who are thinking about SE18 and asking God how we love out there, how we do things that may be healing rooms that grow out of that kind of group of people. And so it's kind of trusting God, it's trusting his timing, it's trusting him with patience. I believe that servanthood and sacrifice is the fastest way for personal momentum. I personally have found it again and again and again and again and again that the moment you lay down your own desire, as if it's, and say, I'm surrendering it for the good of the corporate, somehow that gives momentum to your life in a way that the pure pursuit of your individual calling in isolation could never do. So it could be your first response is, tell me more. It might be a text that you ping over and say, tell me more about that. I want to explore it. But what we want to be is on a, on a corporate and personal level to land this, 
We want to have a very dynamic and responsive relationship with God. We always want to be quick and willing to change our mind and repent. We always want to be willing to adjust to God in whatever way he says. We want to be able to implement what God is saying, his strategy and his timing and to be very, very responsive to him. So to land, um, we want to carry on looking after good soil. We want to carry on cultivating the soil. We want to be carry on being very diligent that rocks or thorns and stuff doesn't crowd out the soil. We don't want good soil that was seeing lots of miraculous things or presence or whatever becoming hard soil because we didn't farm as a community around it. We don't want to see good soil reverse. Not out of fear, but just because we want to bear a great crop for the glory of Jesus. This isn't a word of, we got it wrong. It's a word of, hey, we need to adjust. We need to gather around shoots as community. We need to farm together. And we need to really look after these particular shoots at this particular time. And then to see those mature and grow. And then the strength that will come from those shoots will allow us to have the capacity and resources to do even more. 